Beetlejuice action 600 years old. Oh, uh, when did they say that? Well, he said, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious. It's been about 600 years. So he would have to be more than 600 years. Yeah, and his last time he had sex was 600 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think he actually was around during the Black Plague? He seemed like he was being truthful about all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they didn't didn't make him out to be a liar. No, they didn't. He didn't say anything. It wasn't true. Hey there. The VCR is keyed up. The pizza is on its way. Until it gets here, come sit with us by the movie light. I am Dr. Crisis, along with Mr. Dust. And I am Melmut. And today we'll be talking about underrated movies, or at least movies we feel are underrated. Movies we feel got the short shrift, as it were. Movies we feel got the the, 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 the boot. Movies we feel... The, just know, the bums just, rap. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm. So we're going to start with uh, Mr. Dust. Hello. And which movie do you think? For me, say, I right? would like to talk about um, Lawnmower Man. Something we had talked about previously. Yes. And, uh, of course, the horrible troubles it came into because it tried to act like Stephen King had inspired the film, which he absolutely did not. I've read that short story. They only share a name. They're nothing alike. And um, How was the short story? The short story was very strange. Um, it's one of those things where a lot of times King will just write something that's it's a nightmare. And you're like, okay, well, wow, a nightmare. And then and then it's over. What, what if a nightmare happened in your life? So I thought it was very eerie and <coughs> awkward and just fucked up. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with what was going on in the movie at all. So the movie itself, I think, was a classic um, depth of science fiction. It really told a story. Because a lot of good science fiction, it's not that, the, um, I mean, not always, but a lot of times with science fiction, the story doesn't have to necessarily be brand new. It's a story you're telling in your way, in your medium about themes and humanity and what goes on and what we do to each other and how we progress and everything else. Mm-hmm. And Lawnmower Man, I think, of course, did that. And the two things that I would say that it barred off of, the biggest one, of course, was a, one of the first science fiction tales, Frankenstein, which is very, you know, um, a lot of parallels between the two. And the other one, which I also would be considered science fiction, I imagine, would be Flowers for Algernon, classic book made into a film called Charlie, named after the main character. Um, I, I was joked years ago that the movie should have been called Flowers for Cyberstein because the, the connections between the two. And, <laughs> but where the big thing was, they took those themes and they brought it into technology that was on the forefront at the time, mm. going into a world that you've created, VR. Yeah. And at that time, it was like, what is VR? Where are we going? How are we... And what can it do for the world? And, of course, the advent of computers becoming more a part of our lives, what we do at work, what we do at home. Of course, not to the level that it got to, but it was talking about that. This is where these things are going to go. And coupled with VR, what are we going to be there that we're not here? Yeah. 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 You know, the urban legend at the time, especially moving towards the end of of the 90s, was that's the reason VR didn't make it into people's homes and didn't become bigger. Now it's making a comeback. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Of course, it was an urban legend. It was a myth at the time that that single movie ended the run of VR. I've forgotten yeah. about now, that. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yes. I do find it funny. I was talking to a, a, a youngin the other day, and they were talking to me about VR and how there's this new thing called VR. <laughs> uh, look, you can't... You know, I'm, not, I'm not insulting the person. It was fascinating. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they had VR when I, when I was a kid. Virtual reality, yeah, I know. And, then, and they said, no, 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 not like Sims. Not like Sims. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were like, no, you, you put it on. And this, this was a few years ago. This was a few years ago. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> she was in her early 20s, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had them at they, they had them the beach. They still have them at the beach. You know, uh, I know what it is. I was like, you never saw a lawnmower, man? You know. Uh, so anyway, but no. so I, if anyone can confirm that, I, I don't know if it's true or not. But there was a fascinating, you know, rumor anyway. 
Yeah, for something that big to happen and then disappear, people of the generation that don't understand that that's what was going on. It was exciting and on the cusp. This is going to happen. And then it was like, oh, no, it's absolutely nowhere now. Yeah. For, and then it had to wait to come back. Some people guessed it was military. They wanted to look at its applications first. And then it was like, okay, we'll do whatever, whatever, and then we'll give it to the people. Yeah. Like toothpaste. Exactly like toothpaste and tang, for Christ's sake. Right. Where would we be without it? Um, and where would Longmire Man be without it is, is, as well? Is tang still a thing? Yes. It is, but not the way that we understood it. It's a lot of different flavors now. Newfangled flavors. Yeah, what the hell just, is that? You can only get it in the worst of places. <laughs> yeah, it's like really, it's been put where it belongs, I guess. You know, like 7 Eleven. You know, it's like <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, okay. But only certain ones. <laughs> Oh, like like a where like 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 our yeah, old neighborhood. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> Exclusively, it's a nice town. Yes. Shout <laughs> yeah. out to Tang and to Nice Town. <laughs> Tang, to Tang and Town. It's <laughs> uh, a weird thing in the '80s. I guess in the '90s too. For you, growing up, there was two things that that were standard things to eat and drink that we don't see as much anymore. Well, t- Tang and Kool Aid. Mm. Yeah, where we're huge, right? In yes. the eighties, you—that's what you drank, and it was like top tier. Like you were going to a fancy restaurant if you could get some sloppy joes on your table. Oh, fuck! Yeah. That is not a thing anymore, is it? You don't hear about sloppy joes being a big some thing. Some witch manwich. Yeah. You know that's still sold, and you got like the older people I've seen like eating eating up some manwich. <laughs> you know what I'm it's still fancy dinner Tuesday. I mean, it's always Tuesday when I'm talking about these things. I mean, <laughs> Okay, anyway, continue. But, again, uh, going on to the ideas that what man can create and also what people that are considered underdeveloped, what they could be with new technology. Mm-hmm. Is it just the mind? We're just a body that holds the mind. If we can hone the mind, what could we all be? And, of course, that was seen in Flowers for Algernon, you know, the creation of new life, Frankenstein. And what they did with the movie, the character Job, who was a simple-minded, uh, underdeveloped uh, person, orphan, who was mowing lawns. And he happened to be mowing the lawn of a brilliant scientist who was failing when it came to this VR technology and enhancing the mind with animals, specifically chimpanzees. So he decides, this, this man who has nothing else to live for, let me see what I can do with his mind. That idea of the God complex where you look at him and it's like, all right, this, a brilliant man, so I can't be held. It's like, you're not really the, the, the hero of this story. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can because I, it's my responsibility, it's my birthright to say I will further the world. And, of course, the technology of the time on the forefront, VR, computers. And to take this, to take this man and to jump him into a world he, had, he didn't understand is where the, the, the horror that you could do with uh, science fiction came into it. It made it scary for him first, which I thought was so brilliant the way the movie was made. That people, the way it went from sadness to uh, suspense of what was going on in the beginning, like there was a, the whole sequence where the, the chimpanzee that was doing the best escaped uh, the facility he was being used in, and he was so intelligent, he was opening up doors, sh- shooting people. He was trained in gun, you know, all through his mind. He had all, all in, you know, in, in, in uh, marksmanship. And he meets this man, and he believes that he is a comic book character from something he'd been reading since he was a child, alone in a shed, because he's being kept there by the local priest. So that right there, to him, he had just seen science fiction. He had just seen it actually be alive on his lawn. And that's where he came into it, where it went wrong for the scientist. He was introduced, Job. Job. For that goddamn name to be what he was named. All of the f- pressures of the world. He had been abandoned by God under being taken care of by a priest. This is where we're at. Right, but that's very interesting to think that also they touched on the idea that <clears throat> it is the most innocent and kindest of souls that when exposed to horrors of the world because that was a part of the movie mm. him looking at the history of the planet and how chaotic I believe that was the word it, what was the word he used I didn't never realize it was so chaotic is that what it was yes right that's a fascinating and disturbing uh, it's an exploration of the idea when someone who's truly innocent and kind their very nature if they don't have kind of the shield of cynicism 
to stay sane, they become dangerous. In fact, it's a very fascinating um, insight. Whether it's true or not, it's just an exploration, right? But uh, that's that's something people have thought about. I don't I don't know if it's an official theory or anything, but it, but it's an interesting thing to uh, to explore that idea. So I think that's a brilliant observation. And where, again, the horror aspects of the movie come in, where you see Joe go from when, when this scientist starts to do the same things to him that he was doing to the chimps, you see how he wants to clean up the world, clean up humans, and become the most horrific dictator in the sense that I will create a whole other world inside of VR, and I will be its absolute, not leader, but God. And of course, the the famous line in, in the trailers: "I mean, I am God here." It's like there's there's no one bigger than me, yeah. Because you know, and you did this. You know, I mean, you you said to me, you, "It's a fertile ground." So now I understand everything, and I must change it. For him to say he on the outside world, he did it to his mind, and then for VR to be added in to say, "Okay, now there's a world where I can apply it." Yeah. And again, uh, some of the great, almost all of the great classic villains in in film. And stretching beyond, uh, have at the heart of what they're doing some good intentions. Yes, right. Because yes. the most recent to in that long, long line is Thanos. In of you know, course, right. Uh, but that always makes them more compelling. When, when fully agree. Yeah, when they have uh, when when you can go. You know what? I kind of understand what he's doing. You know? Yes. Yes. And for a director, and it's, it, it's, I find myself annoyed that because you know, I'm talking about an underrated film, I can't remember the director's name, which makes me sad. I will, I will mention it at another point in time. <laughs> we will beat him later for this. <laughs> I mean, the mercy will not be there. I, I fear for my, my life, uh, Job had it good compared to what I'm about to get. Um, but the, uh, and another thing that shocks you when you can direct a movie this way and tell a story in this manner when Joe becomes powerful, when he's able to use his mind to control things outside of VR in this world. And he goes on a rampage of destroying people that he felt hurt him or people close to him. You're rooting for him. You see him set a a priest on fire, uh, delete a man's mind and attack another abusive father with a lawnmower. And you're like, get him! And then you actually feel like, well, I just applauded such acts of despicable violence, but these people needed to be eradicated. You're you're on Job's door. You're one of his soldiers for a second. And then when he decides, everyone's going to be switched in to the computer. And you go, "This look at what we are now, the prophetic nature of the film and the way it was done. We're all going to be linked in. He said that kind of stuff so many times in the film. We would all be linked into one reality, one voice, and it will be mine. And you could just say, yeah, what is that? What was his name? Google? <laughs> Amazon? You know, it's like, so for it to be that, you know, with the mixture of prophetic storytelling to, and the acting. Jeff Fahey, who I'm not a fan of, I think he's very generic, sort of, I'm the bad guy. He had really neat-looking eyes, and that seemed to just ride his career onto whatever. Yeah. His performance as Job is heartbreaking and lovable, and you want to protect him. And then his transference into Job the God. Wait, no, transference Trans- is not the right transformation, word. Transformation, I think. Transformation. Another beating's coming my way. <laughs> transformation. Thank you. <laughs> into Job the God was truly horrifying and you believed each person separately but you also understood the transition you saw it happen organically and of course the the ending no no it's it's yeah, yeah for them to actually do that uh cuz i don't i'm going to ruin it here but. yeah if you haven't seen the movie don't listen now <laughs> <laughs> where job leaves his body he his existence it exists only, he only exists now, his whole uh, essence, inside computers, inside the world, the VR world. He's left himself behind. He's trying to tap into the system on a worldwide scale. They try, and, you know, of course, the people, the, the scientists, I've made a mistake, Job, and they're going in there and they, they stop him. They blow up the facility he's in. And you don't see and the tension of the scene. 
he's in this world and he is trying to get into the system. He's been locked out and it's him. And they, the way they have it built, he's this huge figure with Job's face. And the CGI in it is, it is the best they could do at the time, but it holds up because it's creepy. It is strange and it is what was at the time. That's what it would have looked like then. It doesn't need to look any more real than that because that's what it was. Yeah. But he's this big figure with his face and these, these hallways are coming up and he's, playing with these these little instruments inside of them trying to open it up access denied access denied access denied and the building of where he's trying to, and then right before these bombs go off access granted and he's he's starting to go in to be a part to rule the system and then everything fucking blows up and then you remember earlier in the film he told the doctor his plan and said my birth cry will be the ringing of every phone on earth at the same time and then you're like, Job got blown up. Access granted too damn late. Then they got, you know, the professor and some orphan kid and everyone who, you know, the mother of the father that he killed with a lawnmower. And everyone's happy. And they, they found each other and everything's going to go off, you know. And the phone starts ringing before they go. Then they pull out to the neighborhood, pull out to the city, pull out to the world. He did it. And then what is he going to do now? Become Google. And Amazon. So that actually <laughs> happened is what you're saying. He did it. Yeah. And again, to look at it now, it's like, yeah, we're all we're all wired in. Yeah. I thought it was a great movie. Beautifully acted, beautifully executed, wonderful pacing, horror elements. It was it was great science fiction. Real quick, before we uh what is science fiction? I'm going to put that over to Crisis if you want to answer oh, that. I don't know. I don't know the official definition. I mean, I agree with those that say that Star Wars is not science fiction. Um, yeah. Including George that. Lucas. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I, it's a loose definition. What it's not, I'll tell you what it's not. Can I do that? Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you what it's not. Uh, it's, it's, it's not um, taking moonlighting and putting it on the moon, right? The, the old show from the... From the 80s with, who are those people? Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis and, and the incomparable Civil Shepherd, is that what it is? Uh, <laughs> the legendary, forever famous. Anyway, uh, it's not that. It's not taking a, a common ridiculous element and putting it in space. Right? Far too many people consider that science fiction, right? If you're not, if you're not, uh, if you're not exploring deep understanding of our reality... Uh, and I mean, what I mean, exploring in the explorer sense, you're pushing beyond what you know the best you can, right? I understand commentary. Of course, Twilight Zone did that uh, to incredible effect, where they made they they took actual um, social issues and uh, put them in 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 fantastical situations to make commentary on those issues, right? This one, the few people that did it with, without it being a, a fucking hammer, though. Mm. Right? It was skillfully done. And it wasn't the only thing they did. Right? So what it's not is, is it's also not, it is the precise opposite of what I, I have a problem with a lot of modern science fiction, where uh, it's people basically looking at their own asshole and writing about it. You know, <laughs> it's, no, look above and beyond yourself. I feel like modern science fiction has become more geocentric, homocentric, you know, or I don't know if that's the correct word. I don't know what's uh, human-centric, just say that. Yeah. Um, instead of looking beyond us and other possibilities. Uh, now, I haven't seen Black Mirror. I hear that holds up really well. Black Mirror is, is, is the true successor to Twilight Zone. It is. Um, yeah. Um but it's weird when I talk. I have watched them, and if you ha if I talk to young people, and again we're not trying to trash young people, it's been yeah. brought up a few times. Oh, absolutely, it's episodes of the show. That's okay. Yeah, I saw them tackle that in Twilight Zone twenty years ago. Right. So right. it's a lot of that where they're doing it now. But again, like I've said uh, already earlier, science fiction is a lot of its stories, but putting it into what's happening now. Yeah. And I think a few of them really have yeah jumped at the okay. What are what are we experiencing now with technology and how we relate to each other, and what would this mean? What would this topic do into this yeah. world? And I, so I do. I think it has had very good episodes. I didn't watch the whole series though. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you will that I already wrote all of these, and you're a bunch of fucking posers. <laughs> 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 so yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, that's that's my, my 
pretty. Yeah. 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 Because I wanted to get that out there. You know, because I was one of those people. It's like, it's a ray gun. It's science fiction. So, uh, you know, uh, it's through conversations with guys like you and guys I'm like not, me. You know, no, this isn't no. about, of course, this is not about, you know, judging other people. It's not about, oh, no. no. Absolutely not. It's just my, like, I, 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 although I do think some modern authors, especially science fiction books, uh, need to stop it. <laughs> they, they, they really need to. Like, uh, yeah. You know, if you're not, you know, I, I just, you yeah. know. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. How are you? So what now? I, what? So <laughs> that was my complete. Um, I'm the man that started everything. My God. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm old man movie. <laughs> and I wrote them all daggarned. <laughs> Car in the sarnet and dag the nabbit. <laughs> oh, <God>. so <laughs> I don't know where those people come from. <laughs> so that is my, that is the first one for something <clears throat> I think was highly overrated for external factors and for other people like, this magical factor, just, you know, pay attention. I don't know what that know. was. Who was that? That was somebody who doesn't understand things, you know. <laughs> I'm tired of, of, of those kind of, you know, like the, the, the geek thing. There's, there's two different definitions. I think there's many different definitions for anything, but the geek where it's not like a person with glasses has a thing, you know, has a, a, an inhaler and stuff like that. Well, I'm you have saying, an inhaler. So. I had an inhaler. It was, right. It was misdiagnosed. <laughs> right. yeah, okay. But the thing is, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying people that harp and obsess over things because they're t- they think they're supposed to. That's what I mean when I say the geeks that ruin these things. Everyone said the special effects look weird. <laughs> it did. That's what's wrong with it. It's like, stop. Look at it for yourself. What do you right. think of it? No, what we're talking about, everyone gets to have their own opinion. Right? Of course. It's, when you cross that line and start being aggressive towards any, everyone, anyone else because of their opinion. And, right. and when it's not your opinion, it's just what you're, <laughs> you think you're supposed well, to think lar- of something. Right. Yeah. That's a larger issue that, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I just hate when that happens because you see it happen a lot with stuff like this. Yeah. Um, where you're told, I got to hate but something some people, like it. It's, it's a hard one. Some people are passionate, but there is a line. That, that, that's a whole other thing, the difference between passionate and, you know. We can get in and just being an asshole and being, yeah. you know, being like a, I'm a part of this, so this is yeah. my identity. It's and being like, a you know a, a conversational bully. There's yes, a, there's a difference between yeah. those two things. Uh, and who a, told you to think that is another thing. Right, right. Can you think for yourself? I hate it was like, did you see that movie? Yeah, and that person just acted like they always act in this other movie, like, like they don't have any feel. It's like who told you to say that? All right, you can feel that way, honestly. Right. But I can a lot of times I can tell you read that. And you feel like you have to think that. <laughs> you know, here's a very fascinating part of it. It's, it's because it's not an important issue that it's not that big a deal, yeah. right? But, but, it becomes a problem when you claim to be an expert on something. Yes. And you're doing that. Yes. When you claim you understand movies and you're doing that, when you're just parroting what you've heard. Or what I, I usually call it relay thinking because, Thank you. you know, when it, you know, when you relay information from one thing to the other, what you're relaying it to doesn't take in that information. It's passing on that information. Um, so, but, you know, hey, again, I don't want to get too too much into, like, I hate you. you oh, know, no, so. and, I, and I agree. I just <laughs> yeah. hope, I just want people to please just have your own opinion. Don't, don't <laughs> parrot someone else's opinion because you think you have to. Right. Even if other people are like, Some well, of that's just not. conversational, though. Again, when it's un- it's not dangerous, but some of it's just people trying to make conversation. No, yeah. yeah. And again, when it becomes I'm I'm I know about it because. But it gets uncomfortable, right? Again, I don't want to make, but it does get uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable. The weirdest part is when, uh, for me, I get uncomfortable when people uh, have an opinion, and I'm fine with their opinion, and then I tell them mine, and then they immediately switch to mine. Yes. Because. Yeah. yeah, I don't then want it's like, that. I, I, I don't want you not to switch to mine. Yes. Right? I do want your authentic opinion. That right? That's the word. Yeah. Where uh, it, it's a shame that, you know. So we, we got into some serious topics there. We did. Mm-hmm. We apologize for that. Me too. Science fiction made us do it. <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so do we so, have okay. another film so, so, that right. another one of us feels was over achieved, that <laughs> was, was underrated? Not okay. over, underrated. Uh, Submitted for your approval. I'm going to. Uh, what was the Matrix? Matrix. Yeah. Oh, what? 
Yeah. I thought you were going to do, do that another whole, time. Your whole review like that. Submitted for your approval. I'm going to... I can't, damn it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 he seems like he has to be scripted because what he wrote was so amazing. Yeah. But I, I can't just talk that way. Let me see if I can try one more time. Because once you say submitted for your approval, you can't just talk normal, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> imagine if you walked around all the time doing that. <laughs> Picture if you will. You cooking me eggs and ham for dinner. <laughs> That's how he is. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Is that, what, is that what you want, Rod? <laughs> Submitted for your approval. I'd like some time in this sack. <laughs> oh, Picture if romantic. you will. Yeah, yeah. Going to like a store. <laughs> yeah. Picture if you will. Me buying a pack of cigarettes, you know? Uh-huh. And you okay, giving me the Rod. correct change, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then there's, the 80s, then there's the 80s thing. 80s. Well, him doing 80s. I've told you that, right? Oh, uh, what, him doing 80s uh, sitcoms? Him, yeah, this is right. Yeah, doing, Rod's only doing yes. 80s sitcoms. Yes. Yeah. Submitted for your approval. Four elderly women sharing a house in Florida. One dim of wit. Another manly in nature. A third a common harlot. A fourth, something akin to a female Italian leprechaun. They are golden girls. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so much more interesting now. Although yeah, getting him to introduce, yes, yeah. the hold that that has on certain generation, I believe ours, what, golden, golden girls, girls it, uh, it, it is undeniable. Yeah. yeah, where there was a time there where I had to, had to watch it all the time. Yeah, it was it was He Man right. and Golden Girls. I mean, it was, That's it was the way it game. is. Yeah. Yeah, and then when that yeah. came back on, you guys ruined the Jackie Chan fucking marathon. We're like, no, no, you got to watch Golden Girls. You already watched two Jackie Chan movies. I know we had a problem. We had a problem. <laughs> had to watch Golden We found that it was playing like four of them a night on some channel. We're like, yeah. can I get into that? We had a problem. Yes. Absolute problem. We were teenage boys. <laughs> Needed, Needed to get our Golden dose. Yeah. 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 Picture, if you will, a homeless Italian ignoramus and his teenage daughter. They find themselves on the front steps of a snobby, bony white woman. She quickly hires him to be the cook and the maid, and the entire time one question hangs over their heads and burns in their minds. Who is the boss? That's the other one. <laughs> one that just you can't watch at all. You know, I would never go back and get anywhere near that show. <laughs> his name, Balky Bortakimus. He's come to this country seeking his kin, a cousin, one cousin Larry. They will have plenty of laughs, share adventures, but for now they remain perfect strangers. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a good one. Yeah. A friend of mine was working on it. We never worked it out completely. She thought it was a really funny idea. Shout out to you. Um, Shout! Um, Let it all out. Shout it! Um, Shout it! Okay, again, if you get that, we're going to send you a pack of golden beans. Uh, What is that from? Shout it! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm probably way too loud, and you turned us off, and you're calling the police right now. Um, there's another way we're talking about uh, different strokes hmm. and if you remember different strokes by the end of it they were doing the most horrendous things to the children just for ratings they were getting kidnapped they were being I remember this they, they, they were kidnapped once a week it was getting bad yeah yeah. Um, there, was, there was a point where two of them were kidnapped at the same time because the Kimberly's Professor wanted to her to dress up and dance for her. It, it got to like Hannibal Lecter level. Holy shit! Yeah, because yeah. I thought it started off with some of those things, with like being you know afraid of of. of no, it started you know. off as just you know, it was you know the the novelty of a rich white man, you know. Yeah. Dustin, you know, you know, two black kids and hanging out with the white chick, you know, that was just that was the yeah. novelty of it. Then. It then they added a new kid now. because they always do that when the ratings uh, start course. going down and then kidnappings had to happen. <laughs> Just all Just, day. Yeah. So because of that, or that one was a picture, if you will, a place where kidnappings are as common as Sunday dinner. And we worked on the rest of it. I don't remember what, the different strokes. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. So we're going to do that. We're going to reinvent all of the 80s sitcoms or 70s and 80s sitcoms. Yeah. Rob Serling opening and closing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my best impression of Rob Serling because I'm sitting like a fuckerhead. <laughs> I'm one of those, you know, peckerheads that sit wrong. <laughs> it's a condition. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Anyway, what the hell were we talking about? Underrated films. We're going to get fired. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, underrated films. Yeah. Oh, okay, so there's been a lot of hoo-ha and peepa about uh, The Matrix and The Matrix sequels, right? So we're here to defend. Look, you know, we're defenders. That's what we are. We're defenders of, of, of good movies. We are the movie defenders. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that'll be a regular thing. We are. We are the movie defenders. What? Why we in claps for that? Mm. Uh, it's the crowd outside of the uh, the uh, of our, town hall, hall of justice. Our hall of, mm. of movie defension. Yeah. Yes. Did I say defension? Defensions. That's it. Is now now. Yes. Ah, uh, great. <laughs> I am Doctor Crisis, the movie defender, 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 defender. <laughs> I am Mister Dust. The movie Avenger. Very good. Oh, man, you put me on the spot. He is Melmode. He's <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> He's on that spot getting it done. I'm getting it done. All right. All right. So I would like to defend the sequels to The Matrix. I understand the initial reaction to them uh, because it, the tonally it changed slightly, right? And also the complexity... They added a lot of characters that were in the first one that were not in the first one. They had a lot of elements that were not in the first one, and it seemed kind of it threw a lot of people because there was an expectation of where the sequels were going to go, and it seemed like somehow they were reinventing it. Now I would attribute that to the fact that that like many movies, they weren't told they could make an entire trilogy. They were just told to make the first one and see what happened. So the first one is a complete movie, right? It doesn't need a sequel. So that's a hard thing, place to start. But I would defend the second two. And I would say that people missed a lot of the underlining themes in the movie. And of course, I could be totally wrong. Right? This is just my view when, when watching the movies and what I saw. One of the things I think people missed was what they were saying or who they were saying or what, depending on how I view it. What Smith represented, I'll put it that way. What Smith really represented as a character. I, I thought people kind of glossed over that and didn't look deeply into what they were saying with his character, what he represented. And it was pure, naked aggression. It was someone who could, it was, it was the feeling that you, even further than that, Smith represented the need to conquer other people. And that often manifests in uh, being unable to accept other people's opinions to the point you can't accept their existence. Look at what happened. He wound up taking up over the entire matrix and everything was him. Right? So this, this is what his character represented. Someone who was intolerant of others. He could not handle humanity. I mean, even in the first one they, they, they addressed that when he says he couldn't handle the matrix because of the smell. He couldn't handle something that wasn't him. He couldn't handle being uncomfortable. So that's what he represented in the movie, if you follow the line of it. Yeah. Right? Um, so I thought that was a brilliant character to, to represent. It was, it was a brilliant way of representing it, though, everything they, they put into that character, right? Uh, <laughs> the other, uh, so that's something, I'm just saying that's something I think a lot of people missed. Uh, also, they miss the connection. Let's let's talk about the the the, the, the lead, the, the head uh, machine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The head machine. What that looked like. Mm -hmm. The fact that they chose a baby face. That that, that this head machine had the face of a baby. Yeah. Uh, meant so much that this even this this what what we were seeing as an evil creature the entire time was actually. Um, something new, something innocent that didn't quite understand what it was doing, that didn't quite understand the, the consequences of its actions. Mm. Um, I, I thought that was a brilliant aspect, too. It, 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 uh, it had a, an incredible depth to it, I felt. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then there was... Uh, the, the interconnectedness between all things. Of course, that was obvious in, in the movie and why, why Neo could affect things outside of the Matrix all of a sudden. 
um, that that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so so the, these are some of the themes I thought they missed. It, 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 people that didn't understand what they were doing in the movie. And then, of course, there was the, the, the other part of it that... Um, that how technology can get away from people, right? So the machines got away from humans. We built them, they got away from us, they wound up taking over. Damned if the Smith didn't represent that same thing. They created Smith in the Matrix, he got away from them, he started to take over, mm. right? Yeah. It, was, it was great to see them circle that back around. You had a human in Neo talking to the machine, this baby-faced machine, and they had a common problem, which is they both, their hubris and their ignorance allowed their brilliance, their intellectual brilliance, uh, to destroy them, right? Yeah. You dig? Absolutely. You dig on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I said it at the time, I think we talked about this many times, it's, it's, it's a living, if you like anime, I don't understand how you can't like the second and third one. There's close to live action animes as you can possibly get. Uh, when he's walking, when he's around those lands, and and what about the, the even the way, the way the robots were, um, they were evolving and creating real life. When he walked through that one place, and the, all the bugs started to, and then they of course created the face of the baby. But why bugs? Why was that happening? Yeah, you know. Uh, and and on top of that, the deeper it, the deeper things they commented on, as far as um, you know, human freedoms. You know, one of the great lines I feel in science fiction history is, of course, you know, <laughs> that rant that the great Hugo Weaving goes on and ends with, why, why, why do you persist? You know, do you even know that whole thing? You know, him really losing it. Uh, and that, which is, uh, that alone was fascinating, that he really wanted to know now. You know, through all that, he needed to know. And then, of course, the, the, in, in one of the more perfect comebacks which was because I choose to. Choice itself is a human prerogative. It's all prerogative. All, all, of, all free humans' prerogative, choice. Because I choose to resist you. Uh, so if I could ask yeah. um, what they were saying with Smith when he said he wanted to thank Neo for setting him free. Yeah. But the idea that he hadn't learned anything from being set free... What were they saying with that? Like, if, if, you, if you don't change your mind and you're set free from your... Like, he was being set free from what? From oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if that was just uh, um, dramatic. Mm. It was just a dramatic element, uh, aspect to it. It was just, uh, you know, stylistic and... Uh, what's the word I'm... I, I, can't, I can't think of the word I'm... I can't find the word I'm looking for right now. If it was just a way to... It was just, uh, you know, a way to get people invested in that scene. Just a dramatic line is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but it does seem to fit to what you were saying to I'll someone so. who doesn't accept things that are not them, and now he's free to do whatever he wants. Right, I mean... That, and he still chooses to take over everybody and make him in his own image. Right, right, uh, exactly. Right, there is no freedom for him unless he's everything. There is no freedom for, uh, 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 for that kind of intolerance unless they are everything. Because mm. that's a very point. That's the whole idea. No matter who's intolerant, that's the point of intolerance. You cannot exist if this exists. You are now intolerant. Um, and I think that that's what they were representing there. He was the very picture, he was the, he was the personification of intolerance. And you would say that um, he became the villain over any other machine or the Matrix itself. So, yeah, they the showed that. Yeah. They showed that. And of course, the, uh, people, I, I would like people to go back and, and look at all of this and tell me I could be wrong, but that's just my view of it. And, and I love the character of uh, the architect as well. That <laughs> this w the matrix was the mind of the machines. It was their mind, right? So everything in it had a representation of an individual's mind, emotions, mm. thoughts, particular thoughts, right? So the, the, the architect in the second one represented the idea to create the matrix. He was in the mind of the machines, do you mm -hmm. mean? Yeah. All of the Matrix was just you were in the mind of the machines. And you were watching their psyche play out through these characters, the machine's mind. And of course then, this is where the theme of interconnectedness comes in, our psyches, that we were not different from them. Mm. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, I thought that was brilliant too. 
uh, and, and of course tying that all back to the, 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 the continuing theme, know thyself, going back to that, know thyself. Um, I, I really would love for people to rewatch the, the second and third one uh, and, and clear their minds of the first one. Not that the, the first one, of course, is a great movie, but clear the minds of the first one um, and, and just view them anew. You know, view them as, even if, if you need to separate them from the first one, I understand that, but view them as, as, uh, as one movie because they, they continue one right into the other. Um, so, yeah, I am definitely a defender. I am, I am Dr. Crisis, the defender of the sequels to The Matrix. I don't know why now <laughs> that's happening. Um, I definitely defend the, the brilliance. Uh, I use that word far too damn much. Uh, <laughs> The, the, the artistic legitimacy, let's just say that, mm. of the sequels and how deep they really went. Yeah. I have three questions if you want to answer them yeah. about your defense. Do, do I get to cross the bridge if I do? <laughs> hey, hey, man, we'll see how that goes. I, I might just need to eat someone's bones. <laughs> you should have one of those days. Hey, yeah. man, you got to be the troll under the bridge. Um you 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 to get a car and put that as like a bumper sticker on the back. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need to throw under the bridge. <laughs> Answer it right or not, I don't care. <laughs> have you seen the Animatrix? I have not. Okay, that's the first question, and you answered it wrong. Um, do you Where, think, give me those bones? <laughs> <laughs> the bones. Do you think that the first one would have been drastically different if they knew they could make three yes. at one time? I, okay. I personally do. Yes. Are you excited at all for the fourth one? No. Okay. It is a complete story. And I, with the way the world's going now, I don't know if there's any reason to make this movie. Mm. And I just don't see what it's going to be besides yelling at people. Okay. Uh, the, the, the first one was all about humans, period. It was about, it was about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Make my day. Who's that? No, I just want someone to make my day. <laughs> you can cross the bridge. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> so yeah, that's my defense of the sequels to The Matrix, and I would, I would, I would love to, uh, I would love for people to go back and watch them. And uh, thank you, thank you very much. If, if we hadn't have done that so much, then that would be more effective. <laughs> it would. But it's still from the heart. <laughs> from the heart of that machine. Very much like the Matrix. <laughs> no, the audience. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Don't ruin the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> still coming from my pants. So I, I, if, I, if I think of any... Because I, I, I thought there was more to that. Mm. Uh, but uh, I'll have to think of... If I think of it, I'll just... Start yelling at like, like a crazy old man. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and does Mal Mutt have right. any movie or anything he'd like to defend or any comments on these subjects? Uh, I can't think of a movie I want to defend because, like, I'm easy. To, I'm kind of easy sometimes to to at least entertain. Mm. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but um, I mean, I have movies that I think are great and mm. movies that I think suck you know what i mean i have you know criteria i'm not just like yeah well you know but um i'm not really in the loop as far as you know what's overrated or underrated you know what i mean i'm not educated <laughs> no uh, uh i i mean i feel that um i have movies that need like everybody to know about and i guess it's the same thing though right i don't know like i guess Great mo- movies that are cult classics for me. I don't want them to be ju- even though cult classic is a great thing. You yeah. know, I just want them to everyone everywhere to love them. You know oh, yeah, so you, it's about just raising awareness of any movie, even if people a small group of people love it. It's like yeah. everyone needs to love it. Yeah, okay. you yeah. know, like uh, <coughs> Big Trouble in Little China, you which know, that is has a beloved. Yeah, you know, people love that movie. Everyone yeah. should love that movie. Yeah, it's great. It's, it should it's, be mandated. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely amazing. You know, and I I, I guess. I don't know if this has a cult following or what, what it is, but uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Hmm. That is such a beautiful film. Um, everyone in, in this room is, is, is a lover of peace for all creatures, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And um, especially animals. 
you know? Oh, yes. So they were having that conversation, you know? They were aware that it was a conversation. Isn't that nice? Mm. And people are aware that things need to be talked about, you know? Yes. um, And that it does, that humans are complicated. People, you know, aren't always, it's just like, oh, that guy's a jerk because he does this or doesn't do that, you know? It's like, no, people are complicated. Let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. That's what it was. If you look at... um, what they were, uh, I thought it was so brilliant. The scene, what, one of the big things in the film um, for me was uh, the passing down of things and not knowing your children. Mm. You know what I mean? uh, I begged them all, you know, um, what was it, autumn or something like that? For for a a set of uh, paints. And what did he get me? A BB gun. You know, then you stop there. He's like, wow, that really sucks, man. He's not in touch. Well, it's sort of like people putting importance in tradition and culture are over the individual. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, this is my child. Let's see who they are. Yeah. Let me, let me not tell them who they are. Let me see who they are. Yeah, yes. yeah. exactly. And, and then yeah. he, like you got Ernie. What's his name? What was his name? Bernie. Oh, yeah, the characters. Uh, Sandry. Uh, yeah, it was Ernie. He, he got his, his son. His he character. got his son the same thing. And then, he, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. What's his name? <laughs> John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah. The movie's about a hunter who finds, if you haven't seen it, about who finds a Sasquatch. Yeah. And he ends up getting Sasquatch. involved. Sasquatch. He ends up getting involved in Sasquatch. their life. Yeah, and he remembers Sasquatch. through Sasquatch. Sasquatch. This is just plain interruption. <laughs> he remembers who he was. That was in the movie, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Matrix, so he's just all jokes. <laughs> That's not fair, even slightly. I'm you guys could have made whatever joke you wanted to, you fucking But we fart. didn't because we had. You are a living. We had respect. You are a living fart. <laughs> My God! No, um, you made any jokes you wanted to, and you know it. And um, we didn't, out of respect. <laughs> respect? This ain't a place for respect. What are you talking? Um, Get with it. Get hit with the tip, man. So you talk about a Sasquatch. It's all up in here. What? Sasquatch. It's all about peeing, right? I said talk about a Sasquatch. <laughs> He's just hearing anything he wants to hear now. Why do I got to? Be, oh, why do I got to be the jerk? Why does that happen? Hey, we all hey, get man. our turn being the jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, mostly it's your turn, I guess, right? Is that how it goes? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we don't even have to be in the room. He'd be doing this anyway. <laughs> um. So through, you know, so he named. The Sasquatch guy, uh, Harry. And so through Harry, he remembered who he was. He remembered that what he valued and how he passed on what his father made him value onto his kids. And it was about, number one, remembering your individuality. Um, and, and like, you know, uh, the doctor said, uh, Mr. Doctor... Um, <laughs> Dr. Crisis, like he said, uh, um, you know, letting your children be individuals. And also it was a a conversation about uh, treating animals as equals, you know, or if you're not going to help them, at least don't hurt them, you know. Um, And that's such a uh, wonderful message, and that's why... Partly because of the message I wanted out there for everyone to know about and love, but just how well the film was done. The, the, the caliber of actors, you know, in John Lithgow and um, uh, Kevin Peter Hall. Yes. You know, who played Harry. You know, God bless him. Um, yeah, I just thought it, it, I thought it got you to think and have discussions without being preachy, you know. Yeah. And the music was fantastic and, you know. And that day, you know. Even, but even more fundamental than, than respect directly just treating animals as your equals. Because, of course, you could discuss that and argue it. Yeah. This is a person that's been a vegetarian for, what, 20, 
25 years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, something like yeah, that. That's a yeah. long time. 24, 24 years. Nice. Um, and I'm doing it for my health, tell you that much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my health project. <laughs> but just, just a simple statement about compassion. That's all. Yeah. Just a simple statement about compassion. Because this is not about anti-hunting, hunting, anti-hunting, all of that. Just a simple statement about compassion for other living creatures. Yeah. Right? Even if you are a hunter, which I know that's, we talk too much about that, but a lot of the hunters I know are actually very compassionate, even yeah. towards the people, you know. So this Same isn't about here. that. Yeah. So, but on the most fundamental level, just changing your view that these are, you know, anyone, just more compassion. Yeah. Just think a little bit more about compassion towards living creatures, that's all. Yeah. And the fact if they're roaches, (laughs) it's no holds damn barred on those motherfuckers. Because evil can't be dealt with. Yeah. It has to be eradicated. Is that right? Source. (laughs) <laughs> is this from a movie or are we just going? I think we're just speaking we truth. We just created a movie. Yeah, we created truth. The devil what and is the, truth. The, the roaches are from the devil. That's that's the truth. Yeah. They are centipedes. No, I actually centipedes. I don't want them in my house. But right. I'm not going to. No, no, I'm yeah. not advocating torturing or destroying anything Absolutely except not. for roaches. <laughs> no, uh, uh, you have to understand that we are as versed in any entomologist on the planet. In the habits of roaches, because yeah. we grew up with them being our basically our what, cousins. <laughs> <laughs> thousands upon thousands of them living in our house. You've never seen yeah. the likes. Um, <laughs> You've never seen the likes. Yeah. Thank which. you, George. Thank you, George. <laughs> they, in the in the in the uh, in the words of another colleague of ours, they were crawly bugs. Is what they were. Yeah. Uh, they were the most vicious of crawly bugs. Yes, uh, yes, just terrible. Um, so, yeah. and, infestation but, is never fun. <laughs> it was another bumper sticker you brought. <laughs> but, yeah, unless it's of you know of cats. You know, I love you know infestation. Which of, cats. of course can become very hard. Yeah, it can. Yeah, but well, it yeah, is much but more that's durable. Much more fun. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, incredibly frustrating if they're stealing your food and attacking your feet at night. Yeah. Yes, which yeah. also. Probably because they were angry that we had roaches. Yeah, like, get rid of these roaches. Why didn't they get rid of the roaches? Yeah, they were lazy. I tell you, tell you something. That the people out there don't know us. I tell you the kind of thing that we did for fun. Where you're, when you have no money, what you do for fun is this: you catch roaches, take them into the backyard, and throw them into spider webs to watch the spider eat them. Yeah, yeah. That was good times for all. <laughs> good times and nice times. Yeah, good. Yeah. We should have a whole section. Got good times in nice town. Yeah, Remember the time man. we were outside, like a bunch of fucking white trash morons <laughs> that we were, little kids watching the ants take the uh, uh, take maggots because we hated maggots. Oh yeah, of they're course. So gross, and then they get on our food. Of course, yes. that would happen. Uh, yeah. I think I ate a whole bowl of maggots once. That's a whole other thing by accident. I remember that. Yeah. People were probably saying that's the dumbest human being of all time. It's more, it's more complicated than that. <laughs> we thought it was just really old checks we got from the local uh, food bank. Food bank, right? Yeah. Which just, was an old woman that sold us um, excess cereal that she buyed on on for money. Was the food bank quotation marks? Who was that? Oh, don't uh, say don't say. The I name, don't remember her name. She's. I don't long, remember. Long, I thought long, that was dead. from the end. No, I think I think a lot of the cereal at that time we would go down to a woman lived a couple yeah. blocks away. She would buy it in bulk, and most of the time it was old and it was stale. But we had a, we would give her either food stamps or whatever small money, cause, and she would give us cereal like at a at a at a, at a discount rate. Oh well, I guess she was trying to get. She it. was hustling, man. Hey, man, you gotta get your yeah. nut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But the problem was, I wound up eating a whole bowl of maggots. That is a problem. Uh, I thought they were just bashed up checks. <laughs> So until the very end that I started to realize that they had little black black heads on them. Yeah. That happened. Um, but we were out in the backyard. You remember that? We were out in the backyard just watching the ants take away the maggots and cheering like it was the fucking rolls. I do. Like that Thanksgiving Day parade or something like that. <laughs> we were like at flags and, you know. <laughs> Man, we, uh, we were bored. <laughs> and poor. <laughs> and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So the compassion thing. Yeah, I that's actually a great point because I forgot about the scene where Harry was showing. Com- <sighs> yep. You know, sh- teaching once again. I have to teach. Yes. 
compassion you know there's a great scene at the end where the guy who's been hunting harry you know for you know decades you know comes upon him and you know they're having it out you know and john lithgow who's taking care of harry you know stops the whole everything and stuff no i'm not summarizing that well but anyway um <laughs> yeah, you, you, so you know stuff happened <laughs> and then more stuff happened so for about two hours <laughs> for about two hours I thought it reached a crescendo of good stuff, and then it, this good stuff stopped. And then they said that the good stuff was over. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to leave the dark house. <laughs> That's not away. fair to me. <laughs> um, you know, and John Lithgow's getting really angry at the hunter, and he, he's about to jack him up, you know, and then Harry breaks them up. and You won't kill him! Yeah. I'll kill you first! Yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. You're not gonna hit. You're, yeah, you're not gonna right. kill yeah. him. You're not gonna hurt him. I won't let you. I'll kill you first. You know, it's like yeah. he had it with with this whole thing. You know, yeah. it just all came pouring out of him, and Harry had to remind him, "No, that's not the answer." You yeah, know? have I taught you nothing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Compassion oh, is the answer. Compassion. Yeah. Very good. Are uh, any others we want to quickly? Quickly. I think we did a good job. All right. Oh, showgirls. That's one. That I is talked one about that you definitely want to talk about. Yes. Yeah, another time. I think that's a good idea. Another time. Okay. Another time. Another time. Why not? I don't know. We've been. We can on do just here a quick. Sometime. No, do a quick. It's not that. It's not that big a deal. Oh, that's fine. You can go to hell. I actually find this. <laughs> I actually find this very interesting. I didn't want. To have you tacked. seen it? I have not. Have you seen it? No. I didn't want it to be tacked on to the end of an episode. No, it's not that. You know, uh, we got plenty of time. It's our damn microphone. This is true. Yeah. And you're gonna listen. Oh, okay. uh, that was too loud. That hurt my head. <laughs> <laughs> I win in the end. Um, win in the end. We're gonna win the end. If you can tell us, if what. you can tell us that's from, you'll get a package of golden beans. <laughs> I wonder if Malmud knows what it's from. No, I have no idea. <laughs> you don't. No. Okay. How about this? Uh, you're the best. Oh yeah. yeah, and everyone knows that now because of the advent. Oh, of, they can go uh, to hell. No, get home. Yeah. get all the way home. I'm there. No oh, fun. <laughs> no showgirls. I thought people completely missed the point of that movie. And I have not seen it. Oh, then I, I remember very much wanting to see it. Of course, for boobies. I was young when it oh. came out, and that yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard it was. I'm like, okay, so. It pretends to be that. That's mm. the whole point. Like we talked before, Paul Verhoeven made an entire career out of taking subjects that no one thought you could make a great movie out of, and damned if he didn't make a great movie out of. Not only a great movie, he had a commentary mm. uh, on top of that. Yeah. Uh, that movie is raw experience. It just, it's, it's, it's what I thought Moulin Rouge was trying to be. We'll get to wow, that. Wow, I can't believe we breached that subject yeah, in this we, way. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna Bravo, get to that. sir. <laughs> Bravo. We're going to get to that in another. It was, it, it was just raw animal living, right? That's what the movie was. And you thought, what's the point of all of this, right? That alone is entertaining, right? Just raw animal living, raw animal enjoyment, entertainment, instincts, just all of it, right? But he does something very fascinating. While you're watching the movie, well, of course, what else would you be doing? Uh, throughout the movie, that's what I should have said, um, she has a friend who keeps talking about this rock star. and They keep showing pictures of the rock star, and she can't wait to meet this rock star. She's in love with this rock star, right? And you're watching all the insanity go on with being a stripper and all the backbiting, all, all the you know, pettiness and the violence even. Uh, but he keeps it on a level that this is all somehow living. It's all fun. It's all, it's all part of the game, you know? So then towards the end of the movie, her friend meets this rock star. She's giddy. She's happy. Can't believe she's meeting this rock star. They go back to her, her, his room. They get back to his room. She's brutally and horrifyingly raped. He did that on damn purpose. He made you think this was all a big game until that moment, and he foreshadowed it throughout the whole movie, that Elizabeth, what was her name? Banks. No. Nope. It's not Hurley either. The main character. It's like <laughs> Berkeley or something. We'll go with that. Okay. Uh, so it's not David Berkeley. That would be a whole different movie. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, still interested. Yeah. Oh, am I ever interested? Um, 
she, on some level, still saw this as all as a game, as all as life, as all as living, this animal, fun, living instinct. Even the backbiting, even the, even the backstabbing seemed like part of a larger game, right? Until that happened. Yeah. And the brutal reality of what that world could be came home. And she winds up, she winds up, she winds up um, beating the hell out of that guy. I think that's the one place I think he backed off. He, she, you have to have her kill him, in my opinion, to, to, to end that movie correctly. Yeah. You have to have her cross that line and make it as real as possible. I don't know if he was trying to say that even she wouldn't cross the line, that she was a good person. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but there was a fascinating scene at the end of the movie where the person that she'd been fighting through, the other stripper that she'd been fighting through throughout the whole the other dancer, uh, Gina Gershon, who she even pushed down the steps at one point and is now in a hospital bed because she pushed her down. So she's saying to good, going to say goodbye to her. Uh, and the scene is absolutely fantastic because of its subtlety. They finally are friends with each other, but unspoken. Now they because she now understands what she's been going through for twenty years, being in this world. And for the first time in the movie, this is, she reaches down and they kiss each other. They kiss each other goodbye. She's leaving. She's leaving the world. Uh, and something very subtle. Gina Gershon reaches up and touches her face while they're kissing, and. David Brinkley um, <laughs> takes her hand off her face very adamantly. You're not dragging me back in. It was really this wonderful, subtle little thing they did. I'm no, I'm saying goodbye to you. I'm not staying, you know. And then she yeah. leaves. So I understood why people couldn't see all that, but mm. I think those that couldn't see all that were too hyped up by all of the subject matter to look deeper into what. Uh, Verhoeven was doing with the subject matter. That's that's often the problem. It's the same thing with RoboCop and Starship Troopers. The violent, the level of violence in those movies made people not look deeper because it was so. It is emotional, right? All that stuff startles you in in many different ways. So you're not looking at the deeper meaning behind it all. But that's the difference between a filmmaker who is a, a great filmmaker and is using the art, and someone who is just using sex and violence just for the emotional uh, reaction you have. Yeah. That's, that's between art and entertainment to a certain level. I'm not saying there's anything bad with that. You're like, okay, here's some boobies and some guns. Have a good time. You know, like, like that's great. That's fine. That's entertainment. But when I think sometimes people that get a lot of credit for being great filmmakers, I'm not going to say any names. I'm looking at you, Scorsese. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't watched all of his movies, to be honest. So, so I'm not going to be. Uh, but sometimes they shock just for shock is irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. It's why I think uh, it's why I think Untouchables holds up as a great movie because nothing they did in that movie was just to shock you. It served the story. Mm-hmm. Blowing up that little girl at the beginning of the movie serve the story. They were going to show you within the first five minutes how horrible these people were. Yeah. You dig? Yeah. Now you dig Fuck that. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just doing it for its own sake, I don't really care. Do you think people like Verhoeven yeah. and on another scale, um, I think some correlation, people like Lynch, yeah. David Lynch, that they go for this melodramatic um, performances and even bad actors hurts their purpose or it helps their purpose? Um, I, have, I, I have a very simple answer to that. Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, let's... let's <laughs> um, Not getting any more out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, recast. Let's recast something. Mm. Can we... Re- oh, let's recast one more man. So cast Ron Lerman. Okay. Who could do those two roles today? It's hard not to. I mean, I think it's a little maybe over. It's hard not to say McAvoy in the conversation is how many people you saw him play. Oh, yes. Or if you do want to race bend oh, yeah. like people like to do, Tatiana Maslany. I would absolutely. Did you say race bend? What'd you say? People say where a character was originally one race, race, yeah. gender bend. Yeah. Sorry, gender bend it. People okay. say that. I mean, that's a I think that's irrelevant. Yeah. Who's the best person for? I would uh, love to see Maslany play it more than anybody. Lawnmower man. To play the lawnmower man. It is called lawnmower man. I get yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it lawnmower just sucks person. because I just I would love to see her make that see her make that transformation because I think La- she's La- 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 nondescript gender. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Or is someone like maybe, you know, again, McAvoy, you want to, but you saw him play so many people, it's also, it also gets kind of like, all right, I saw him play everybody. I don't want to see him play these people again. Not, that is a great, that is a fantastic recasting, I think. He is, does amazing work. Yeah, so um, I'll go, we'll go with that. We'll okay, go so with McAvoy, if you want to keep as the lawnmower, lawnmower man, man. As a lawnmower man. Uh, the Doctor, I am very fond of, and I, I'm glad he's away from the new Star Wars now, um, Oscar Isaacs. Uh, who played, you know, Poe Dameron. I would like to see him play uh, the professor yeah. in the movie, the one that does it, because I think he's good uh, at playing intellectual and human at the same time. And, and, you know, the level of brilliance I think he could bring to it, you know, dignity, and also like, hey, what the fuck did you just do? You know? So the two of them, I think, are the main cast members that we would have to to do, you know. So for right. me, those two, I think they would be very good together. That's, that's, I, I, I can't see arguing with that. Mm. Um, Although McAvoy would also be good as the professor, true, as as the, yeah. as the scientist. Or if you want Absolutely. to get the dynamic duo back together, get him and Michael Fassbender, which you know they were incredibly good together wow. as you know Professor X and, and Magneto. Mm, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We will see you next time if we're not raided, because <laughs> that's always a possibility. Yep. All right. So, yeah. Well, you know, what's the what's the what's the sexiest damn movie?